Hey Queens, welcome back to Spill the V. We are so, so excited to have actor, director, and producer Nikki Koss on the show today. You probably know her as Alexis from Famous in Love, but behind the scenes, she's doing way more than just acting. This year, she founded her own film and TV production company, K-Factor Films. Her latest project, Night Night, premieres in December on all streaming platforms. Let's jump right in with the incredible Nikki. I am so excited to have Nikki today on Spill the V. I've literally followed you on Instagram for so long. So I feel like we have this like weird Instagram relationship and it's kind of like a blind date. I feel like right now. <laughs> 2021 blind date. I love it. Um, so why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what it was like growing up as an actress and like how you got started and all of that. So I, yeah, I grew up in LA. um, So I was very close to the entertainment industry my whole life. Um, But I never had any family in the business or friends really. So it was this weird dichotomy of like being so close, but so far. Um, And acting, I started when I was about 16. I'd been doing it on and off my whole life. And then I really started taking it seriously at about 16. And then it came time for college and it was the big battle of do I go or do I just start my career and I decided to just start and forego college and so I just started working and then very quickly I realized that as an actor you can only really do so much to progress your career and I'm kind of a control freak so um, I started getting behind the camera just to fill the time and to try and sort of take some semblance of control over my career. And I fell in love with directing and then kind of producing just by default. But then I just wore all the hats ever since. Wow, that's amazing. And I actually, I feel like it's so rare to meet people like born and raised in LA. I was born and raised in LA too. Oh, really? Yes. And Yes, I'm a Valley girl and my mom was an actress. She was on Happy Days. She's probably very happy that I'm giving her a plug. And so growing up in LA, it was like kind of the thing. Like my mom got me the headshots and I would go on these auditions, but I was just never, I was never made for it. Really interesting. You had like everything in your favor. All in my favor. Um, my headshots were like terrible. Literally, it's like those like classic, like with the braids, like the two little like pippy long stocking braids. And yeah. I would just go on these auditions and be literally so miserable. But yeah, we have the LA connection. So that's cool. I love it. Everyone has then, a terrible headshot in their past, I think. Like, oh, and then I literally also like my mom was so such a psycho stage mom. And it's so funny because I literally never acted in anything. I never booked like one thing. So like I don't know why she was so crazy. I think she was like trying to live vicariously through me. But we she flew me to New York for this like very special person to take my headshots. And they made me like very gossip girly in um, headshots. And I've I'm just laughing because I watched the new episode last night and I I just have such bad PTSD from like it was amazing. I know. So that's my little tangent on uh, my never accomplished acting career from LA. <laughs> well, you got your 15 minutes. Now you're good to go. You can live your life. Yeah, I'm done. I'm like, nope, mom, I'm good. Um, so tell me a little bit about making that transition from, you know, actress to starting your production company, K-Factor Films. Like, why did you decide to start it? And what was that process like for you? 
Okay, so it's interesting because I'd always wanted to start a production company, um, but it always seemed like this big sort of like daunting, insurmountable undertaking. And I always kind of just brush it aside thinking, oh, at some point in my career when I'm super successful, it'll just kind of all naturally come to fruition. Um, and then that kind of, not to say that I'm there by any means yet, but it kind of did happen that way. It just sort of came to fruition very naturally. Um, I got to a point where I, it just randomly hit me that I have had all of these projects that I've had ownership over for like 10 years now and played different roles in producing, directing, writing, what have you. And I was like, I, it's time to just put it all under one umbrella. Like all I have to do is just you know, call my lawyer, do a couple little LLC moves and boom, like it's all under one title. And so I did that. And then I thought to myself, it just felt, um, I don't want to use the word empty, but it felt incomplete. So I realized that I needed to complete uh, the company with a, a really strong group of uh, creatives. So I had my three people that I knew I wanted to work with, that I'd been working with for years and producing alongside with on several different projects in the past. And I called them all up and it was a very casual conversation. I was like, I'm starting this company. Do you wanna be a part of it? Do you wanna be a creative executive? Um, we'll start with like one meeting a week, see what happens. And it was a very casual start. And then before we knew it, we were meeting like almost every day and they are just phenomenal and we all bring something totally different to the table and we just work together so well I got so lucky with them that's amazing and just for people who don't know this like how old are you oh can we get like a drum roll I'm old <laughs> enough headshot is black and white <laughs> No, I'm 27. Yeah. So I just think that's so impressive. I'm 27 years old as well. And I just feel like having accomplished this much at that age, you know, I feel like as women, sometimes we don't acknowledge like how much we've accomplished. And sometimes even for me, like if someone compliments me, I'm like, oh no, 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 it's like no big deal. And that was yeah. like my new year's resolution is to be like, no, it's a really big deal. And owning it. So congratulations. It's really congratulations huge. Ooh, look at us. It's true. I really think that we've been conditioned as women to not uh, be able to take compliments and to sort of have that like demure sort of humble uh, reaction to praise, but men aren't trained to be that way. Nope. They brag. And so now I, you know, attempt to brag a little bit as well. <laughs> so tell us a little bit what it's like working at a production company. I actually worked at a production company as well. I don't know if you've heard of Propagate Content. It's like run by Ben Silverman and Howard Owens. Oh, okay. Were yeah. You, so you worked over there? This is like in a former life. So I started my career at ICM. Like if you've seen Entourage anyone, like I was Lloyd. Yes, I was like an agent's assistant. Super that is fun. Intense job in the industry, hands down. Yeah, I actually should record a podcast episode on like what working in Hollywood is like because it's so it I I have no words for it honestly. So maybe I couldn't record a, a podcast. Says that like the horror stories are so intense that just words cease to come out. It's so I mean I actually was like one of the very few people that like loved the agency world. I like thrived in it. It was you know my first job out of college, so it kind of like all the assistants and like the mailroom people. It felt like a pledge class. 
Oh, so cool. yeah, like we'd go out on the weekends and then we'd like work our butts off and it was, it was really fun. But I think a lot of people don't really know kind of this like production side of Hollywood. So what's it like? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Um, I'm sitting at this damn laptop like all day long. It's ridiculous. Um, it's a lot of calls, a lot of emails. Um, and the thing is, every time someone asks me that, I, I it's so interesting because every day truly is so different. It's like couldn't be more opposite from your nine to five office job. Some days, um, you know, I'm I'm sitting like in my office all day long at my computer and on the phone, unable to even like have time to go pee. Um, And then some days I'm out on the field on set, checking in on people, like distracting people and just goofing off and like where I probably shouldn't even be there. Um, And then some days I'm running around to, I guess I don't really run around to auditions anymore now that it's all on Zoom. (laughs) I used to run around to auditions and run around just town. uh, And it's a lot of meetings, a lot of in-person like schmoozing, getting drinks, whining and dining. And um, people don't realize how big of a role that does end up playing. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember that. I never like really did the whole like drink scene, but I would like set drinks and stuff for my boss. (laughs) So it's literally every night every night and sometimes I'm like oh is everyone in this industry an alcoholic because apparently all business is done over a set of cocktails <laughs> that or like for men I felt like it was like a round of golf like oh let's go play yes golf. I thought about learning golf because I was like oh am I missing out on some business opportunity <laughs> I honestly you might be um but that's a really great segue too I think so just being a female in Hollywood um I think we've seen you know a lot of women and humans with vaginas kind of starting their own production companies um Um, But was there, you know, any challenges you faced in creating this production company? I feel like you were kind of on the cusp, maybe like one of the first kind of women to take that risk. Yeah, um, there were definitely challenges. um, And I don't know if I would attribute them directly to being a woman starting a company. um, But what I will say is as a director and a producer, I face a separate set of challenges that I know for a fact my male counterparts do not. And um, a big thing for me is when I'm on set, I'm like 5'2", I'm like a little small girl, you know, and I'm basically the boss of all these like big guys and they're all like in their 40s, 50s. And, you know, a lot of the time when um, more established actors come on set, it's sort of a weird um, adjustment for them, I've noticed, to see me as a boss figure. Um, So, like, for example, my last film that I directed, my producing partner was a male. Um, He's in my company now. And so many, every day something would happen, I would just turn to him and sort of have this little smile. And I'd be like, see that? Would that happen to you? And he'd be like, oh my God, I get it. Like that would not happen to me, but I wouldn't notice it if you didn't point it out. Um, So it's little subtle things that make for kind of an uncomfortable environment that you have to constantly navigate as a woman. Yeah, that's really interesting. For me too, it's like, I think it's also like an age thing maybe, because like both still kind of young. So like my team is kind of like my age as well. So it's kind of figuring out like, how do you be their boss, but like their friend, like it's, it's such a weird dynamic. 
it's it, it it really is I've noticed the age thing is a big it plays a big role as well and um I yeah I have always felt like I had to I was always wanting to uh, work young and always wanting to be successful young and I was always um the youngest person in the room I still am all the time unless I'm the same age as people which is happening more now but it was never until recently that I noticed like being the same age as someone is almost worse than being their boss younger. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. It's so weird. I still haven't honestly figured it out. I don't know if I ever will. It's yeah. like, you know, you want to have fun, but then it's also like, okay, now it's time to be serious. So it's kind of weird. And you want them to feel like they're your equal and you're not like dictating over them, but you also want to establish, you know, a, a realistic dynamic. And it's really a weird uh, puzzle. We'll figure it out one day. I, I have I have faith. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about some of the projects you're working on um, and then just any of like your favorite projects that you've ever done? Yeah, so we have a ton of projects going on right now. I don't even know where to start, um, but I'll just go with what's coming out. Okay, I um, love it. Yeah, so I think in December, but don't quote me on that, uh, the last feature I directed is going to come out. It's called Night Night. That's starring Brenna D'Amico and Tony Todd, Candyman, and, um, you know, other great actors. So that's coming out, um, like, on all this digital streamer whatever's um so that I'm excited about we just wrapped a short film that is about to take on the festival circuit that is this really sort of wacky um comedy about a murder mystery so that we're excited about and we've got a show in development that I can't say much about but we're kind of going through negotiations on um something okay something's <laughs> coming she won't spill the tea on it yet but won't spill the tea just yet and then we've got some really cool features that we're just getting off the ground and um starting to work on pre-production on so one's a a teen thriller and one is um sort of a dramedy about an actress in LA who has to deal with being she's half uh white half Latina and she has to navigate never being the right, like never being able to um, take on a role in Hollywood because she's never white enough or never Latina enough, which I feel like is something we don't really talk about. Um, people who sort of land in that middle space. So she wrote it about her life. So I'm excited about that too. That's awesome. And I feel like it's, you have just such a great job and such a great platform as well to just elevate, you know, women's stories. I feel like you know, it's just so important to see women in these leading roles. Like I, I don't know, I follow like Reese Witherspoon a lot because she, you know, takes these yeah. risks and I like love all the shows she does, but it feels like you're doing that as well. So it's amazing. Well, she's a huge uh, icon. So thank you for the <laughs> Yeah, you can tell everyone. <laughs> I might have to like put that on a t-shirt, start wearing it around. Um, but yeah, I think um, that's definitely the end game goal is Reese Witherspoon status. <laughs> You're almost there, girl. You're almost there. Um, cool. Okay. So the next part of this podcast um, is our follower questions. So we actually told the Queen Bee Life Instagram followers that we were interviewing you and some people had some interesting questions. Uh, okay. The first one is what was it like making the Forbes 30 under 30 list? God, it was nuts. I mean, what? Um, yeah. It was a dream of mine for so long. And to be totally honest with you, I applied. That was my first time I applied. 
just on a whim thinking they wouldn't even see my application, let alone accept it. And um, I got a text from my publicist who I guess knew someone in the world. And I guess I must've told her in passing that I applied. And she was like, you're on the short list. And I, th I thought she like sent it to the wrong person. <sighs> and I just couldn't like, I, I was like, oh, well, I better not you know, get that, let that get to my head because there's no way. And then when I found out, it still took me a, a while to let it sink in. And then of course I got on a call with my mom and that's always when it kind of sinks in, right? It's like when you're talking to mom and mom starts crying and you start crying. And <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Congratulations. I actually made that list. I think it was a, a little bit ago, but I think the most surprising thing for me was I don't think I actually found out I made the list until the day it came out. See, like, I don't Right? Like they don't tell you these things. Someone random sent me an article and was like, congrats. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, they don't tell you these things. So it's what was your experience like, your reaction? I think I kind of felt the same way. Um, yeah, it was really exciting to be like recognized and acknowledged. I feel like, you know, especially in kind of the world I'm in, I don't really take time to like celebrate the small wins enough. And so I felt like this was this was a big win. And I, you know, I had a whole team behind me helping me as well with Queen Bee. So it kind of felt like, you know, I wanted to include them in the celebration as well. But um, yeah, I called my mom too and my my dad and yeah, it was a big deal. So I think that yeah. was really cool. My dad was like, oh, cool. <laughs> You're like, dad, what do I have to do to impress you? Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, okay. The next question is, uh, do you see any big differences between male and female filmmakers or, you know, to be inclusive as well, just humans with vagina filmmakers? Love that. That's yeah. my new term. I'm crying. <laughs> humans with vaginas. Um, do I see any differences in that? Yeah, yeah I do. Um, I think that male filmmakers have the ability to just be a filmmaker and just sort of lean into that completely and be a creative and not have to worry about all the minutia around it um, in, in regards to like garnering respect from your crew. And I do think that it's a conscious thing that women or humans with vaginas- Love it. Yeah, have to think about and have to be aware of and um, unfortunately sometimes overcompensate for. So I do think that humans with vaginas are, um, sorry guys, a little more on their game about, you know, making sure that respect is a very um, prevalent piece of the puzzle. I totally agree. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then the last question we got from a follower was what was working on Famous in Love like? Yes, the go-to question. Well, I'm guilty. I've never seen the show. Oh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to all binge it after. <laughs> I was like, this is a really big show. Like people really loved this show. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it was incredible. And it was kind of like the Forbes syndrome where every day I would pull into work and I'd be like, wait, is this real? And I would pull up to my little spot on Warner Brothers, uh, like on the lot right outside of the studio with my little name on it. And I, every time I saw that little name, I'd be like, are you guys sure? It's just my yeah. Um, and you, I think like every time you have that um, surreal, amazing feeling, it comes with this other feeling of um, anxiety. Like you never know when it's going to just be over. Like you might wake up one day and they might fire you or the show might get canceled, which it did. Um, so it was a weird uh, 
it was a weird balance between the two but that being said it was an amazing experience I loved my character she was so fun to play I loved my cast the crew um and that was where I started to really learn about directing television which is a totally different ball game than film like it's I don't even think they should be called the same thing. They are so massively different. And so I got to really understand what that meant and see if it was for me. And I shadowed some amazing directors and made incredible um, mentor relationships. So uh, it was just the best experience ever. That's so cool. Yeah, and people people are devastated it's over. So maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Well, so am I. So we should get on that. I'll manifest it for you. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> okay. And this is my favorite part of the podcast, the rapid fire round. Oh, yeah. Um, so the first question is, what is your self-care, self-love routine on a day off? Yeah. So I love taking baths. Like I am addicted to baths. Um, but I have this, I I promised myself every time I take a bath, I'm going to make a whole thing out of it and light my little candles and put Lana Del Rey on the speaker and, um, you know, have like the whole, the little bath bomb. So I like to sort of create like a little routine out of the bath. And then sometimes I'll do a mask and, you know, sometimes I'll even throw a glass of wine in there. (laughs) I love that for you. It's so funny because every time I take a bath, I put on a face mask, but my bath is always too hot and I like sweat the face mask. Oh my God. I do too I actually have like that you know that rose water spray the Mario Badescu yeah yeah I bring it to my bath and I'll just be like it's so hot I spray myself (laughs) and then I always like I'm like oh I'll be you know off my phone but then I end up on TikTok so yeah I know I do the same thing what can you do whatever um okay what piece of advice would you give to your 13 year old self hmm um I the advice would be uh advice that I probably wouldn't understand how to take at that age, which is uh, your childhood goes so freaking fast, like just be in the moment. But I don't think that, I think the reason it goes so fast is because as children, we don't understand the concept of being in the moment until we're older and we're like, it's too late. Um, but I would, I would try to get that across to myself. That's really good advice. I know my dad, like I would always complain about being bored. He's like, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bored. Yeah. Um, Okay. And what is the worst advice you have ever received? I think it would be that, so every industry has a different route for success, right? And um, a lot of them, like, for example, being a lawyer or a doctor, there's a very specific formula that you need to follow in order to get to that successful point. Um, But the entertainment industry, could not be more different. It's such a like free for all and you kind of have to create your own formula. So I think when I was uh, leaving high school and I was starting my career in the entertainment industry, a lot of people didn't understand that and they wanted me to follow specific formulas and um, I didn't. And I think that that was probably the worst advice I received and I'm glad I didn't follow it. Uh, yeah, I think everyone, yeah, has their own path and is meant to do things kind of in their own way. And that's what makes everyone so special. Yeah, so, it's good advice. Well, it's bad advice, but your advice is good advice. <laughs> <laughs> and then did your mom or your parents in general have like a funny nickname for the word vagina growing up? What a fun question. Yeah. Um, I've heard yeah. some really crazy ones. Have you? Now I want to hear all of them. <laughs> They're crazy. Uh, we called it a Gina. I don't know why. Gina. I kind of love that. 
I think maybe because I was like, I couldn't pronounce vagina. It's weird like that. It's such a hard word to pronounce for kids. Um, like I remember my little cousin used to call it a magina. A magina. <laughs> I love that. Gina, magina, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay. And then the last question is, what is your first period story? Oh my God. It's so good. I was, <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. I was on the couch with my mom watching James and the Giant Peach. Okay. Did you not? And I started feeling horrible cramps as we know. Um, and I went to the bathroom and I realized, like, I didn't know what was happening. Um, and I was like, probably too old to not know what was happening. Um, and my mom was like, Oh my God, you got your period. And I was like, Oh shit, I did. Didn't I? And she starts running around the house, like screaming, dancing, like, uh, singing to the dog. Like she got her period. (laughs) Uh, This is one of the best period stories I've ever heard. So yeah, James, I'll never think of James and Giant Peach the same again. I love that. Well, Nikki, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm so happy I finally got to meet you. Everyone check out K-Factor Films and all the projects you have coming up. And then where can people find you on Instagram? Everything is just at Nikki Koss, N-I-K-I-K-O-S-S. Perfect. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you.